Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give them ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them in this podcast. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverb 27, beginning in verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. A stone is heavy, and sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Wrath is cruel, and anger a torrent, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. Like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. My son, be wise and make my heart glad, that I may answer him who reproaches me. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. Take the garment of him who is surety for a stranger, and hold it in pledge when he is surety for a seductress. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. A continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Whoever restrains her restrains the wind and grasps oil with his right hand. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Whoever keeps the fig tree will eat its fruit, so he who waits on his master will be honored. As in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold and a man is valued by what others say of him. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks, and attend to your herds, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. When the hay is removed and the tender grass shows itself 
and the herbs of the mountains are gathered in. The lambs will provide your clothing, and the goats the price of a field. You shall have enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household and the nourishment of your maid servants. Friends, I have a special treat for you today. I have a fellow second-year Karis Bible College student, Mario Marquez. And Mario, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, Brother Bill, thank you very much. I appreciate being here with you and your wife. and It's a blessing from God, so thank you. Thank you. Golly. Mario, we just read Proverbs 27, and there's a number of verses that we could expound on, but which one spoke directly to you today that you'd like to share? Well, let me take the very first verse in that chapter. It says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. So, you know, Brother Bill, it's human nature sometimes to be overly confident about the future, especially if things are going well for you. And it might be easy to boast about tomorrow, especially with the self-serving, self-image culture that we live in today. Uh, it's easy to boast, but I think that here David is saying for us not to boast in something that the Lord has control over. And, you know, it's actually a blessing not to know what tomorrow brings, because if we knew what tomorrow brought, we might be overly confident, get too excited, and make a mistake. And yet, if we knew what it, what it, what, what it doesn't bring, then we would... Uh, maybe get discouraged because we knew what tomorrow brought and we made a mistake, so we might get discouraged. So it's a blessing, actually, that the Lord uh, just allows us to know what's going on in the here and now. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And the other thing is, is that, you know, what that verse brought to mind is there's a scripture in James in chapter 4, verses 13 to 16, it says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell, and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, James says. For what is your life? He even compares it to your life. If, even, if it even be a vapor that peereth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings? Here's the clicker, Brother Bill. All such rejoicing is evil. So humility, humbleness. I know a topic that you taught here recently is right on the money. Well, that's so good, Mario. And I'm still on that uh, <clears throat> humility. A matter of fact... The next four weeks, I'm going to be doing people doing humility in the New Testament. So I'm going to be spending a week each on James, who you just mentioned, on Peter, on Paul, and then on John. 
You know, of course, these people make up the majority of the New Testament, but they all walked in humility. So thanks for bringing that up. But Mario, people listening today may not know who you are. If you would, just share a little bit about your childhood. Just give us an idea of your upbringing. Well, I was uh, raised in a town called Las Vegas, New Mexico. And that's the real Las Vegas. It's not the fake Las Vegas, Nevada that's out there. But the real Las Vegas, New Mexico. And uh, I came, my childhood was happy. I had a happy childhood thanks to my mom. We, I come from a broken home, though, and my dad uh, had a problem with drinking and was uh, abusive towards my mom, and so I come from a house of domestic violence. He never uh, abused us, the kids, but he did my mom, and uh, ultimately my mom left him several times over those years. And I knew that the Lord always had his hand on me, though, during that time. I was very Catholic, raised in the Catholic Church. And I was, my grandfather, who was uh, uh, my paternal grandfather, who was a great influence in my life, uh, had me in church, uh, Knights of Columbus. I was an altar boy. I was really, really into the culture of the Catholic Church as a child growing up. My parents weren't practicing Catholics, but I was through my grandfather. Wow, that's so good. And, you know, a lot of times when you go to, um, and you're raised as a Catholic, a lot of times um, you don't really know what, you, you know who Jesus is, but you don't really get that personal relationship with him. Is that basically what you recall about your growing up? That's correct. Uh I never had a revelation of how much the Lord loved me in the Catholic Church. I knew the rules. I knew the indoctrination. I knew what it was to get confirmed, to get baptized, to be an altar boy, to go to after-school uh, catechisms and what have you. And it was a total indoctrination of the church, the institution, the religion, which is complete bondage. You know, I was an altar boy and uh, didn't even understand the Mass because they spoke the Mass in Latin. They never, <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of funny now that you'd go to Mass and not understand a word, but they never taught us to read the Bible. They never opened up the Scriptures to us, give us revelation. I never knew how much the Lord Jesus Christ loved me. I only knew that there was these rules and this religion and my grandfather was a leader in the church, and he was a good, honest, hardworking man. And he was my role model back then. And I just loved him, and I loved being, I loved him mainly, so he got me in the church. And I actually, if you'll believe it, uh, signed on to go to seminary school, or cemetery school, whatever you want to call it. But the Lord took me out of it. He uh, plucked me like a firebrand out of that fire and saved me and showed me how much he loved me and ever since then I've been just filled with his grace and his love and his mercy and his joy and long-suffering in love. Wow that's so good and you know I'm, I'm kind of you know the purpose of this Mario is to share your testimony and did you ever like fall off the tracks and and go into the ways of the world 
as a young man and do things that you probably wouldn't be doing today? Yes, of course. Uh, I, I got saved in 1978 through my wife, actually. When we got engaged, she, uh, she, she got a revelation of Jesus, and she actually brought me in, and I got salvation through her. And uh, we were under the ministry of a very blessed pastor named uh, Brother Jack Heron. And he had, a, he had a teaching ministry in Types and Shadows. And the Old Covenant and how it relates to the New Covenant. Uh, but during that whole time, during that 20-year period we were under his ministry, I had one foot in the world pretty much and one foot under the, under the ministry of Brother Jack. But during that whole time, I, I just, some, the Lord was chasing me. He actually had his hand on me. He was calling me out, you know, coming out of Babylon. And he called me out of Babylon, and I'm out of Babylon. And, but yes, uh, the world, you know, I didn't know about the parable of the sower, about what the word does to you automatically once it gets planted in your heart. I had none of that revelation, and, but the Lord revealed it to me, and here I am. Well, you know, I, I want to try to, to make a transition here because, you know, you said your, your wife brought you to Christ. You made the sinner's prayer, and a lot of times, Mario, what people do is they'll say that sinner's prayer, but they're not exactly sure what that means. And I, I like the way you worded that, is you had one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Mario, even today, many, many Christians, all they do is go to church on Sunday. That's all they do. They go to church, spend one hour a week with God, and expect their entire life to change. And that's not going to happen, because if you only spend an hour a week with God, we're not going to be any different than the world. We're, we're really not. So when did you come to that realization that I can have a personal relationship with God and how that changed your life? Well, it was probably maybe seven to eight years ago when I started getting a revelation of God's grace and love through uh, uh, Andrew Womack's ministry primarily and, you know, Karis Bible School and I'd listen to uh, daily Bible studies through Karis and uh, the gospel truth through Brother Andrew's ministry and I started getting a revelation and then I came to Karis and it just got overwhelmed learning how much the Lord loves me. And I have a foundation now that is just unbreakable. I used to, during the time that I was one foot in the world, I used to, I used to think about individuals that I knew that did have a revelation of how much the Lord loved them, and therefore they could lead lives that were just so full of grace and mercy and patience and uh, long suffering and, and just joy. I never had that. But once you get a revelation of how much he loves you, nothing else compares. And now I have that revelation and I can live in it and walk in it. So grateful. Well, you know, Mario, I'm going to go to John 10.10. 10, and many people know this verse. You know, it says, 
but the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. And here the thief, they're talking about the ruler of this present age. We know him as the devil, and he will come at you in all different ways and shapes and forms. And until you realize how much God truly loves you, he can have such a powerful impact. But the second part of that verse is, but I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Mario, you seem to have gotten that revelation that we are to have an abundant life. We are not just to be scraping by and just barely being, you know, let's get into heaven on our, our purse strings. And God, that's not how we're supposed to be living. So if you would, Mario, let's go to last year when you began Karis Bible College and how did being under the word four hours a day, five days a week change your life? Well, it changed it supernaturally, I can say. Now I am able to manifest the fruits of the Spirit. I never realized that the fruits of the Spirit were in me, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, tolerance, uh, self-control, is what I meant to say, that you can actually live a life manifesting those fruits. And you do it supernaturally and naturally because the Word of God is the key. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word is God, and the Word became flesh. So we eat the Word, we digest the Word, we chew on the Word, we meditate on the Word, and naturally, just within your heart, the Word of God will spring forth fruit. It takes time, first the seed, then the ear, in the corner of the ear, but if you let that process work through, everything else in life is secondary. Everything else is secondary. You realize that you're actually living in two worlds. You live in the physical world, and you live in the supernatural world, or the kingdom of Jesus world. And the Spirit world is our true environment because we're spirit beings primarily. We're not physical beings primarily. We, we do have physical capabilities. We are physical. We do have flesh. But the real us is our spirit man. So we should be living in the spirit realm. And you live in the spirit realm in your mind. In your mind is where you, you live that life. So in my mind, starting last year, I started to realize that I could live in the spirit world. I can walk in the spirit. And yeah, things come about, situations, circumstances, relationships come about in the physical, but they're secondary. And the real me is a spiritual being. And that spiritual being is perfect in God's eyes. So when God looks... At me, he sees Jesus. When I look in the mirror, I, I see Jesus. It's just a blessed way to live out your life. Like you said, he came that we might live life abundantly. 
And this is the abundant way to live it, in love. Getting a revelation of how much he loves you and understanding that and living it. You know, Brother Bill, the Lord gave me a progressive revelation on love. And it starts off with love being a thought. It starts as a thought in your mind. Well, then thoughts become feelings in the physical realm. So then love was kind of like a feeling. So it started as a thought, then a feeling. Then it became an action. Love is what you do. You'll hear preachers, ministers teach. It's actually what you do. It, what you do. So it's more than a thought. It's more than a feeling. It, the Lord gave me a revelation that it's more than what you do. And the revelation is this, that you actually become love. You, love is part of your character. Love is part of your nature. Love is who you are. And the Word of God will do that for you. Naturally, as you plant it in your heart, automatically, the Word will produce that kind of fruit to where love, to me, in the New Testament, is the principal thing. I know in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, it says wisdom is the principal thing. And I know you're teaching a lot on Proverbs and wisdom, but in the New Testament, love is the principal thing. So when you can become love, when that's your nature, then that's your character, you come to a position with Christ that you're one with him. And not that we've arrived, nobody's perfect. We stumble, we make mistakes, but just get right back up and let Jesus love you. Wow, that's so good. I'm, I'm going to bring up a couple things here because you made reference to the fruits of the Spirit. And for those of you listening today, not all that familiar with the Bible, I would like for you to not maybe memorize these verses, but at least be familiar with them. Those two verses are found in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, and it's verses 22 and 23. But I really like, and I'm going to emphasize how you brought that out, is when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Mario, those uh, fruits of the Spirit are automatically in you. And a lot of people, like you said, you didn't realize that, but it's very, very real. That's why if you're not that familiar with those two verses, please look them up and become aware of those and own them. Own them and say, I'm a child of God and I have love and I have joy and I have peace. I am that and I have it in me. And I think your life will start to go better. Mario, when I came here last year in January, during first year, we took the first semester online. But I changed my, my favorite verse to Romans 8.6. And Romans 8.6 says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, you made reference to the Spirit of God, but how has that verse and knowing that you can be led by the Spirit, how has that just transformed your life? Go into a little more detail. Sure. Um, well, as I was mentioning, we live in two realms. We live in a physical realm, and we live in a spiritual realm. But the true realm, our true home, is in the spiritual realm, because we're truly spiritual beings. But when you live in the physical realm... You, you live your life based on your five senses, sight, smell, 
taste, touch, hearing. So everything in the physical realm is the way you perceive the world, the way you respond to the world. Everything in the physical, everything that you can see, everything that you can touch, anything physical, it's based on your five senses. That's how you process the world. That's how you respond to the world. That's how you think of it cognitively. It's all based on those five senses, and that's the physical realm. But if you live in the spiritual realm, you're not basing your response to life on your five senses. You're basing it on Jesus, on the Spirit of God, on the Word. So your identity, the only way you can find out who you are, is in the Word. So the Word will tell you who you are spiritually and what you have in terms of your identity. Because once you understand who you are in Christ, you renew your mind based on Romans 12, 1 and 2, to the point where you don't live based on your five senses anymore. Yes, they're part of you, and yes, you have to deal with them, and you have to reflect on them and take care of them, but your true nature, love, which is your true nature, joy, which is your true nature, just takes precedence over your life, and you could be super happy all the time and not worry about your circumstances, your situations, your stresses. That's all secondary. That's all going to burn up. Everything you can see in this life is going to burn up. Jesus is coming soon. So we need to be prepared, and this is how we prepare ourselves, by walking in the Spirit, by honoring Him, by respecting Him, by fearing Him, by doing everything in our lives based on Him and for Him, and in Him and through Him and with Him. Wow, that's so good. And Mario, the Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. And that's what, that's what the Bible is telling us, is we have to look at life through eyes of faith and not by what we necessarily see. Because what we necessarily see, exactly like you're talking about, is temporary. But the things in the spirit realm are eternal. Okay, and the Bible's very, very clear about that. And that's why, Mario, I think so many people have a hard time really understanding who we are as Christians, because most people live life only by what they can see and, like you said, the five senses. So, Mario, on first year last year, you was basically foundational, but second year is a lot more practical advice. They're teaching us basically how to minister to people, basically how to become a pastor, if that is what God has called us to do. But anyway, we learn a lot of new things. What I'd like to do, Mario, is just talk to you about IAGs and how IAGs, and for those of you who do not know what that means, it means interactive groups. So if you would, Mario, speak about the IAGs and how they have helped you to grow this year. Yes, for IAGs, as you mentioned, are the practical uh, classes in terms of teaching us and having us practice how we minister the gospel to other people. And it starts off slow. You know, your first, uh, it's all about testimony. It's all about your testimony. 
Uh, and the first testimony is how you ended up at Karis. Your second testimony is how you were saved. Your third testimony is a choice. Your fourth testimony is they give you a list and you take uh, choose one of the topics from the list and then share on that. But the whole point is, is you get up there in front of the class and you practice. And uh, that's never been a problem for me. Uh, Bill, I, I can speak. I'm not uh, anxious about speaking. Uh, some some students are though, and you know we, we give extra grace to those students that struggle and standing up. But all, all the students, every single one that I've seen, they they overcome it in that second year, and they're able to get up there and speak because the Spirit of God is there with us, and He'll quicken us. He'll quicken our minds. He'll quicken our voices, and He'll take over our testimony. And what I like about testimony is that uh, no, one can, no one can argue with your testimony. People can argue about what the word says, about what the word doesn't say, about what it means to you, or what it means to someone else. But your testimony is how God saved you. And no one can take that from you because that's between you and him. And, and that's why our testimonies are very powerful. You know, the, the testimony of Jesus, it says in Revelation, is the spirit of prophecy. And so everything that Jesus said was a prophecy because he was the word. And everything he spoke is the word of God. And that's what a prophecy is, just basically speaking the word of God. So when we give our testimony, we're, we're, we're prophesying. And we're, we're, we're sharing God's love, God's gospel with others and what he did for us. And if he did it for us, he can do it for anyone else because he's not a respecter of persons. So it's powerful. And uh, IAGs assist in that process and help you to mature. Well, Mario, that's so good. And, and that is why um, I have testimonies every Tuesday that is one of the things God has told me that I'm to do on this podcast. But I'm going to go to the book of Revelation. You made reference to that. But in chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, meaning Jesus, and how he shed his blood on the cross, and by the word of our testimony. And for those of you who are listening, and consider yourself Christians. You've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've invited him into your heart. Friends, we are to have a fresh testimony all the time because God is good. God is gracious. God is only good. And God is good. You know, he, he has done so many things for us, and we need to have that fresh revelation, Mario, all the time. Amen. And we need to just share that. And for those of you who are a little bit reluctant to share what God has done in your life, a lot of times all you have to do is just just share, just and live the love that God has. You know, it says his love shall be shed abroad in our hearts. You know, Jesus said, I have a new commandment for you that you love one another as I have loved you. Amen. Jesus went to the cross for us, Mario, and he was willing to give his life for us, and we should do the same for other people. Mario, we had to go on a mission trip for second year. If you would, just share a little bit about your mission trip, where you went, and your biggest takeaways from that mission trip. 
Yes. Uh, so I went on a mission trip to England and Scotland. We were in England approximately a week, and we were in Scotland another week. And uh, it was uh, an incredible experience. It was a blessing from the Lord. I'm so grateful and thankful to him that he would allow me to uh, go on a mission trip for his, for him and for his kingdom and for his word and for his gospel. It was just a complete blessing. There were so many things. One of the main takeaways is, uh, is, is, is relationships, relationships, because I know the kingdom of God works by relationships. You mentioned it works by faith. It does work by faith. That's how the kingdom of God works, by faith. But it also works by relationships, and the Lord uses relationships. And so I was just blessed with all the relationships, starting with uh, my two uh, leads, uh, Brother Caleb and Sister Susan, and then the, the, the nine other students that went on the mission trip. We developed relationships in, 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 in that group that are eternal now, complete strangers developing relationships, bonding with one another, our hearts being knit together. Uh, nothing more pleasing than to, than to be able to minister one with another and to be humble and to be low, lowly in heart and uh, long-suffering with each other. And then the relationships that we established on the trip itself uh, with our hosts and with pastors and with members of the congregation, other Karis Bible students. So the big takeaway for me from the whole trip was, was the relationships, knowing that they were divinely appointed by God for me. And they were a blessing for me. And I'm just so happy that I got to sow seed and water some other seed and minister to people and counsel with people and pray for people. Just a blessing. There's nothing more important on the earth, as you know, Brother Bill. Nothing more important on the earth than the Word of God and Jesus and spreading His gospel. That's what we're here for. And it was just a blessing to be able to do that on the mission trip. Andrew knows what he's doing when he sends us on those mission trips because we get to see different part of the world, different culture, the way people live differently. And it blesses us. It blesses us. It strengthens us. It matures us. It helps us to be warriors in his kingdom because we're in a fight bill yeah and mario i'm, I'm going to go to the book of acts and these are jesus's words even though jesus really wasn't around at that time but in in acts 20 the verse 35 it says it's more blessed to give than to receive and and i think mario what this mission trip taught me we just got back from alaska is the fact that everything that we learned on our mission trip is something that we can apply to everyday life. And Mario, our mission field is basically the entire world. Every single day when you walk out your front door, that is your mission field. And I believe we have the opportunity, and I, I dare say the responsibility, to share the love of God wherever we go, and just to just be gracious, kind, loving, and just love everyone. What, what are your thoughts on that, Mario? Yeah, I agree 100%, Bill. I mean, th th this is what we're here for. We're here 
to bring heaven down to earth. We're like portals. We're like bright lights in a dark world. And wherever we go, anywhere we go, with whomever is there, in any situation, in any circumstance, we represent Jesus. And brother, we get to. It's, it, it is a responsibility. It is a blessing. But it's also an honor and a privilege to be able to speak for Jesus, to be able to bring people into his glorious kingdom and out of darkness. I mean, he did that for us. He did that for me. And now I'm so happy when we can help others come out of that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious son. And what a, what a blessing, what an honor. That's what we're here for, to prefer each other, one of another. We take a secondary seat to our brothers and our sisters, and we minister God's word and God's love. And there's no better way to live. It's a happy, joyful life with, with meaning in, in the life and understanding that there's no coincidences with the Lord when, he, when you're one of his children. You're out there to serve, to serve God and to serve his children. So, yeah, it's a blessing and it's an honor and we get to do it. Wow, that's so good. And I'm going to change course right here. In Proverb 18.22, Mario, it says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I really like it in the New uh, Living Translation. It says he who finds a wife finds a treasure and will obtain favor from the Lord. Mario, you said you've been married for over 40 years. If you would, just share with the audience what that has been like and how your wife has enriched your life. Well, it's been a complete blessing, and I have not even realized the, the, the complete effect that it's had on me because it's still occurring. But yeah, my wife, she, uh, she brought me to the Lord. She's the one that, that brought me to my saving grace, and I'm forever grateful to her. She and I are partners in the Word. She loves Jesus. She, she's very encouraging with me and our children and our grandchildren. She speaks the Word often. She refers to the Word. She loves Jesus, and she's lived her life that way. And, and I mean, what a blessing to be able to do that together and to raise kids both my daughters love Jesus they're both uh, in, in, in helping professions my two grandchildren they are just <laughs> in the word quite a bit I get to do Bible studies with them on FaceTime and things like that and then visit them but she really is she's really the foundation of which I am. You know, there's always someone there at your side. And she's been at my side for this all these years. And I'm eternally grateful to the Lord and to her. Because it's been nothing but a blessing and an abundant way to live. 
Well, that's so good. And, you know, Mario, I, I always say that my wife is the better half of, of this union. And, uh, you know, without her, I don't really know where I'd be. You know, we've been married 27 years now. And she's definitely, besides Jesus, the best decision that I've ever made. But Mario, we are at a close for a second year Karis Bible College. And I know what my plans are for the future. But what has the Lord been dealing with you? If you would, just share a little bit about what the Lord has been speaking to you about moving forward. Yeah, well, the big, the big idea uh, that the Lord has had me involved in for a while now is his second coming. He's on the verge of returning to the earth for his church, for his bride. And he gave me a word, and he gave me the word in a vision, in a dream, and in the word of God, the Bible. And he has called me to represent him and to remind everyone as best that I can about his second coming, about his return, because we're, we're really at the doors like it says in Matthew 24, we're on the verge. We're on the verge of his return. And we have to remind people that he's returning. So we need to be, we need to watch and be ready and be prepared. Now he's coming like a thief, it says, but not, not to those that are walking with him. He's not a thief. He's not coming to judge us. He's coming to bless us. He's coming to proclaim his kingdom on the earth. From the very beginning, he made the earth for man, and he's coming to fulfill that. So the Lord has shown me the, uh, a ministry similar to Elijah. And Elijah came to prepare the first, the first coming of the Lord through the apostle or the, through John the Baptist. You know, Jesus said that John the Baptist was Elijah, if you'll hear it, but he was talking about in the, John the Baptist coming in the spirit of Elijah. But he's coming to turn the hearts of the children to the father and the father to the children. That's what Elijah came in Malachi. There's a, there's a prophecy of John the Baptist coming. And he says he's going to come like Elijah. Elijah did signs and wonders, a lot of miracles. John the Baptist did no miracles. But Jesus said in the kingdom of God, he that is least is greater than John the Baptist. So the Lord has an assignment for me, and it's to pluck as many firebrands out of the furnace as possible to save their lives, to save their souls for eternity, and also to disciple, to disciple individuals that they may go out also and pluck firebrands out of the fire and save as many people as we can before his return. Well, wow, that's so good. And, you know, I'm going to go to Proverbs 1130. And Proverbs 1130 says, he who wins souls is wise. And that's one of the reasons I started this podcast is to give people wisdom, but it's also to save souls. So, Mario, what would you say to someone who has yet to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? You know, they've heard about Jesus. They haven't made that decision yet. What would you say to anyone listening today that has yet to make that decision? I would say, get a revelation of how much the Lord loves you. He loves you very, very, very much. 
but until you get a revelation in your heart of that experience and are able to walk in it and live in it, you don't fully comprehend how much he loves you. Because that revelation is not a head knowledge. It's in the heart, and it's a belief, and it's a way of life. And I can honestly say that there is no better way to live than with Jesus and the Holy Spirit in your heart directing you, angels watching over you. Um, he's given us the Word. He's given us the Church. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us angels. He's given us love commands. He's given us everything that we possibly desire or need to live with him supernaturally in this life. And so I would say, don't wait. Don't wait. You could have your cake and eat it too. That's what Jesus does for you. All of a sudden, your mind is renewed, and you're not thinking like you did in times past with anxiety and depression and fear and condemnation and guilt and all those things. I lived that way for a long time. But once Jesus plucked me out of that firebrand, now I'm able to live in love, joy, and peace. And you can live that way too. And I'm sure Brother Bill, myself, anyone would love to sit down with you and minister with you and bring you into the glorious kingdom so that you might live an everlasting, joyful, bountiful, blessed life now, today. And not have to wait for it till you go to heaven. You can do that today. Wow, that's so good, Mario. And, uh, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, you know, Jesus, and this is in Matthew chapter 6, and we all know this prayer, but Jesus says, his words, he wants heaven to come down to earth. And we have that opportunity, just like you've mentioned on a number of uh, times during this podcast, Mario. But if you would, just go ahead and lead anyone who hasn't received Jesus yet into the kingdom of God. Okay. Heavenly Father, blessed Lord. Lord, I just pray for any saints, any souls, any one of your children, Lord God, on the planet that's interested in wanting to know you in the biblical sense, Lord. Wanted to fellowship with you, when I have a relationship with you, Lord, I just pray, even right now, that you would send laborers across their path, Lord, and that these laborers would pray with these individuals, and that these individuals would make a decision to come into your kingdom and live a glorious and blessed, honorable, pure and healthy and perfect life before you, Lord God, that, that the joy, that they would rejoice in you, Lord God, and Live a life of joy and happiness and peace, Lord Jesus. I pray for these souls, Lord God, and I encourage these souls to seek out Jesus, to covenant with Jesus. He's our God. He's our creator. He, it's him who loves us. It's he who has brought us forth into everlasting life that we might know him and his glorious Father in Jesus' name. Thank you, wow, Mario, thank you so much, and thank you once again for coming on today. And Friends, if any of you repeated that prayer today, I'd like for you to reach out to me on my Facebook page, Bill Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, 
And if you have any specific questions, please reach out to me on Messenger. And Mario, that is just a first step. And if you uh, repeated that prayer today, I encourage you to go to a Bible teaching church and that encourages you to read the Bible, get into the Bible yourself, just as you've mentioned a number of times, and that is where our faith comes. In Romans, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So anyone listening today, just go to a church that's strong, that believes, that preaches the Word of God, and I will close with a blessing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.